Welcome to Open House, the podcast all about having those difficult conversations. Ever had to hash out funeral plans with your terminally ill mum? Or ask if your dad is really your dad? We have, and we want to chat all about it. Join me, Clancy, and me, Mel, as we open up and get into some nitty gritty details. Like therapy, but cheaper. This is Open House. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome. How are you, Clancy? I'm all right, thanks, mate. Are you? No, I'm <laughs> good. That's why I proposed this question. Oh my gosh, everyone, guys! I spent a... I spent yesterday editing this episode, and I've just lost the entire file. So now we have to re-edit it all oh, over again. This... But now we can do it together because I was teaching. The sadness. The so sadness. Sad. But we move, as the kids say. We fucking move we do anyway this is open house pod um first things first please follow us on instagram because we have a great old time going on over there we can be found at at open house pod pod as you would expect to spell all of the other stuff mm-hmm. uh, and tell people about it because we're quite good and um that helps you know the message get out and, and mel is us. hashtag Modest. Oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> no. Do you know what? Sell yourself. In in what you know what? In whatever way you want. But yeah, no, it's it's good and we're putting lots of effort into it and we think it's really nice and yeah, it'd be good if you tell people about it because that's nice for us. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Oh. Um this one was really special for me, um, because it was Essentially, poor Mel got to sit there while I had a catch up with an old schoolmate. No, really, she, <laughs> Faye is so cool. I want to be, I want to be friends. Yeah, so. Faye is so awesome. So I was lucky enough to get to go to um, an arts high school in Singapore, and just the kind of people who went to the school have like grown up to be incredibly talented humans. I mean, they were already <coughs> like Clancy Jessica. Ray. Oh, uh, shut up! What, what? No, no, no. I mean, they were. All, already incredibly talented but it's amazing to see like what people have achieved yeah you're all smashing in it. adulthood like, I've, met, I've met a few of your singapore friends and yeah you're all doing so well i mean there's a range like some people are, have gone into like normal jobs but, but yeah different things yeah like, different things to be doing like living their life and yeah, yeah shout out to sota um so should we should we do fail a cheeky bio before we drop oh, into yes, the combo we should um i'm gonna start so Faye is from Singapore and trained at the Singapore Ballet Academy and School of the Arts, oi, oi. aka SOTA, uh, before furthering her dance training at the Rombe School and Verve. She danced with Frontier Dance Land in Singapore for three years before joining NDC Wales in the summer of 2019. Before joining NDC Wales, she also worked with Richard Chapel Dance on Silence Between Waves, performing and working with local residents of various ages and abilities in Devon. She's also a terribly cool human who roller skates. That yeah. is in the bio. That's, that's just true. That's that's why I want to be. I want I want lessons. I know it's super cool. We'll drop a video of Faye doing some cool skating oh, yeah, on the Insta. Some, yeah, there's some cool stuff on Insta. Absolutely, just like we've just stalked her. We, we have. have. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, folks. Here's our interview with Faye Tan. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. All things considered. What's life like in Wales? It's, uh, I don't know, it's, well, we've just gone into lockdown, so obviously it's quiet. I mean, Wales is not very exciting usually, but, oh, you know, compared <laughs> to London, it's not, It's it's got its quiet moments, so now it's extra quiet. <laughs> Why did you choose Wales? 
Well, or did Wales choose you? Mm, both ways, I think. I, I knew I wanted to get a job in the UK after living in Singapore for a while and to be here with my partner. So um, the company that I work in now over here was like my at the top of my list for companies that I wanted to work for, just in terms of amazing the kind of work that they do and um, kind of the ethos of the director at the time. So... So yeah, I did an audition and I chose them and they chose me. Yay! Uh, and now you're back in the UK. Yeah. And yeah. it's nice here. Like I like how I'm, because I live in Cardiff, so it's a city. But just outside that, there's like rolling hills and farmland and lots and lots of sheep. So, And I'm by the water as well. So like all these elements combined is really nice. Quick one, just yeah. because I don't know you, Faye. Mm, neither do um, I. And you were saying that, and you were saying that you're in um, Wales, and you were in Singapore. What is it that brought you to Wales? What is it that you do? Mm, so I'm a contemporary dancer, and after graduating, <laughs> after graduating from uh, my studies here in the UK, I went back to Singapore to work in a full time company there for about three years, and then came back here to be to live with my partner who is British and who's got a company here um so yeah as I said before it was just the ideal company and it just happened to be based in Cardiff um also Cardiff is quite close to London it's not like north the north of Scotland for example like I think I would have had a lot more apprehension moving there but Cardiff is kind of close-ish to London where my sister also happens to live with her family so it's nice and then my partner is from Devon so like um yeah Cardiff is kind of close-ish to London and Devon where he can travel to for work and to visit his mom so it's just kind of like an ideal location as well. Faye we're gonna do something really eggy. Oh Um, yeah! Can we play uh Two Truths and a Lie? Sure. Okay yeah yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, first fact is I have five siblings. My second fact is I've recently been baptized. And my third fact is. There are only two words in my full name. Okay, I. Do you want to go first? (laughs) What was the first one? I have five siblings. This isn't fair, because you know... Yeah, but we, me and Faye have been, haven't spoken in ages, so I also don't know some of these things, but I do remember you having quite a big family. Yeah, I, I think that's you true. had, like, some brothers and stuff, but I think maybe, I think maybe you're one of five. Mm. Okay, I'm going to admit that I just fucked it up and I made a mistake. I should have said four siblings. But my brain like <laughs> processed the word five. So now you have two to pick from. <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, I think the lie is that you got two two names. I think the lie. What do you think the lie is? Uh, no, because I think I think you paused deliberately. So I think the lie is that she got that baptized. Yeah. I'm gonna win. Clancy, you're wrong. Oh, that was right. Yes, yes. 
I w- I'm so good at this game. I didn't. Pa- I think I was just trying to like think of what I was trying to say, and that's why I paused. Though <laughs> there oh, was no, no I you were doing acting. trickery involved. <gasps> well, I thought you did. This is me trying to be culturally clever. No, I do remember your name on registers just being Phaeton. And you were right. Yeah. So it's a truth. But then I thought maybe, maybe on your like your full full name, you'd have a Chinese name. Do you have a Chinese name, Faye? I do, but it's not like a part of my full name. Fair. Fair. Oh. Yeah, Damn. I can't say yeah. It's not it. part of Faye's full name. Mm. Okay. <laughs> no, you smashed it. Um, right, I'm Faye, I'm super excited because we have no idea what your difficult conversations are. Here we go. What's your first difficult conversation? Super excited. Well, the the one like the biggest and most impressionable one is a breakup and a breakup that I initiated. Just initiating a breakup is just one of the hardest conversations I've had in my life. Probably the hardest. Was it difficult because you were ending it on good terms or bad terms? It was difficult because, well, because the other person didn't want to end it and was very hurt by the fact that I was ending it. And it was also difficult because it was like, Terms-wise, it ended on bad terms, but the difficulty is that I didn't want it to end on bad terms. I wanted to stay friends. So that, like, trying to make that happen while the other person's not feeling it is really hard. So, I guess, um, what made you initiate a breakup? Uh, Especially since you were saying that you didn't want it to, you didn't want it to end particularly, and you wanted this person to stay in your life. Yeah, I think in a nutshell, it was just the a gut feeling and, and like life circumstances of me moving overseas. Um, and I think there were things about us that really clicked and things about us that didn't click um, and that I didn't see and that I saw more of a struggle going into the future because of these differences than... than any sort of uh, pleasure or progression, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it does. What, um, like, in relationships you have, what do you think are the barriers to, like... Because I feel like with everyone, it gets to a point when you're, when you're seeing someone or being with someone, when you go, okay, you don't fulfil... It almost becomes, like, like quite cold in, in the fact that it's, like, if you don't fulfil certain needs, mm. it can't progress... Mm-hmm. Like what for you in a relationship? What do you think those like basic, kind of like pillars of like you know what I need this from a person, I need this from a person. They need to have that value. Yeah, I think it also depends from person to person because I think she wasn't getting what she needed as well, which I saw, um, which I couldn't provide. And um, so for me personally, like also with um, the partner with Richard, whom I'm with now, and just generally in in people that I've been attracted to is this sense of um, uh, openness and transparency. I think for me, that's really important. Um, yeah, and you know, the the big word at the moment, communication, <laughs> being able to speak one's mind while not, um, not hiding anything and being brave about talking to one another about anything even if it's difficult. Yeah. Like on that note, do you think it was going to 
to have become difficult because you were moving overseas was that something that was like a factor in your choosing to you know start that conversation about not being together anymore definitely because you know if we were in the same country then or in the same yeah location then there would be a lot more chances to be sensitive and to talk face to face and to figure things out in real life whereas if you're so far apart and you all you have is technology there's just going to be a lot of uh, uncertainty and emotions you know running around where you can't really control it because you're in different time zones or you're being paranoid which is a very normal thing as well in the long distance relationship oh completely i, I fucking hate long distance so much we were talking about this briefly i've um, never done it i uh, don't intend on but well i don't know yeah but, when i asked Faye to come on the podcast we were just talking about because we've both done long distance recently i fucking hate it i find it really difficult at, like as i was saying the thing about the needs <sighs> i find it really difficult to meet someone's needs and make sure they meet your needs just in terms of like i mean I mean, first of all, sexually. <sighs> Fucking phone sex is embarrassing, man. Like, Oh my yeah. God. I, yeah, I don't connect with it either. <laughs> no, I'm like, no. oh, I feel like a mug. I feel like an absolute mug. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a mum. I feel I like a mum. What, what no. does that even mean? Yeah, I really um, admire people who like really run with it and like love it and can do it and enjoy it. it. I just don't know how. <laughs> no, I really, I really, I mean, I've tried. I just don't get fulfilled. I could do a couple sex texts, but that's kind of it. <laughs> um, but so, but that, but more, more like emotional needs. I just can't. I mean, I feel like you've done it for ages, from what yeah, I've seen. Yeah. So Richard and I were uh, we're gonna be together for seven years at the end of this year, and we did a long distance for like yeah, we did long distance for like four years, like one year between London and Leeds, and then another three years Singapore in the UK oh my god I know <gasps> that's amazing that's a lot I think yeah hats, hats off to off you. To you I know Absolutely. hats off to us indeed <laughs> yeah and now but and now you're living under the same roof and you're like yeah. and you're like I can't stand you <laughs> not at all I, I think because the it's so earned like the distance that we've the times of just not being together wanting to be together is just all like uh, now compiled into this nest that we've built so it's it's great oh I'm so yeah. happy to hear that yeah. that you're gonna be like I'm now with him too much <laughs> and I like to only chat to him via FaceTime in the morning <laughs> it's so interesting to hear of situations whereby it's it's worked out so well I think I used to have in my head about long distance that it's um that you're like grow to not need the person if they're not there if they're not like in your physical like vicinity and physical space um that was just a statement that was not a question oh i'm gonna be i mean please stop me if this is too triggering um was the decision to break up with the person that you broke up with um premeditated and also did you like plan how to do it and like how did that like how did that like un- how did that play out in real time because I think what's really interesting about difficult conversations is like taking people to like the moment that it happened and like the space that it happened but yeah. also if that's too triggering don't go back to that place so no worries two questions that's with a, a caveat that's a great question though like 
I'm I am not an impulsive person, so I definitely like planned it. I was like, when should I do it? I don't think I think the answer I arrived to was that I shouldn't let it, I shouldn't um drag it out for too long, which will cause mm. even further um pain. But at the same time, I did it at a time when everyone was kind of vulnerable, um, to put it in vague terms. So it, I was also told like it was terrible time to do it. So I think I I picked what I thought was the um, lesser of two evils, but it just there was no right way to put it. And after that, I learned as well from like speaking to friends. There was just no good way of doing it, and yeah. whatever I chose was just what. Happened, yeah. Yeah. What what space did you break up in? Was it in person? Yeah, was it was. It, it was in person. Okay. It was. I had to do it in person. Yeah. It was via, <laughs> it was via text. I sent a. Don't. I think my brother did that one time. <gasps> Corey. I don't know. Sorry, mate. If you didn't, maybe it was on the phone. <laughs> I can't remember, but I don't think it was in person. Corey. I had to do it in person, like. Because I obviously still wanted to show my respect and care, which means, you know, sitting there with the person and doing it properly, yeah. And then, was it a long conversation, or was it just kind of like, yeah, fine, um, I feel like some people, when they get that information, it's like, okay, well, there's nothing more to discuss, and then other people want to unpack it, because I guess... Like if if the decision's been made, the decision's been made, but yeah, yeah, was it it a long conversation? Yeah, it was long. (laughs) I think because I was... I think I wasn't very direct either, which maybe was an issue, but um, it was just me. I described what I was feeling, so there wasn't ever a sentence which was like, I want to break up, because right. I think it's, as a sentence, it's so damaging because it's been used so much, right, in, in movies and on media when you break up with someone, it's just such a harsh word, but maybe I just should have used that sentence anyway. But, because an alternative would be, I want to be friends as well. And I mean, I don't know, is it better than than saying I want to have a breakup? I I don't have the answer to that. Um, But yeah, I, I tried to, you know, like put everything on the table without saying that one sentence. And then it, it sort of arrived at, okay, this is what, Faye wants and this is not what she wants yeah and now everyone's unhappy because <laughs> we're all upset <laughs> was it after that point well after this long conversation was that sort of it or was there anything in the future sort of coming back to like it residual. residual yeah breakupness I think that was it yeah if do you think that makes it easier on you or harder on you like because I I know some people need like a clean break and to be fair I can't imagine not having a clean break because I think that would be so messy yeah I definitely think that like being friends is like definitely a thing but I think a period of not like non non not not communication but like non-speaking is like yeah yeah, so that you have that sort of cut and then you can figure out amongst yourselves like how that relationship is then going to develop into the future I guess because you're going from what was one thing into into something else I don't know perhaps for some people it's good to see how that how that navigates itself 
continually through sort of what would be the breakup process but I don't know I think for me in order for that to happen I think there needs to be sort of that little period of time and then you can start so scientifically described Uh, it's true and I gave her that space and recently I've been wanting to get back in touch too because we had a great relationship for the time that we did um so I wanted to at least you know be on speaking terms and maybe to be friends again but it's just sort of not there yet yeah completely um (laughs) shall we move on to your second good difficult conversation yeah yeah I'm so ready I'm so ready okay when you're ready so I don't know if I don't know if this one's actually a conversation or it's more like something that some news that was given to me but basically I was I was in my company in Singapore right and I was at the point where I was ready to come to the UK to do an audition I really want to move back here to be with my partner and then one day my mom comes into my room and she's like um Faye, you, you you should really get your Singaporean passport before you do anything, before you, you want to leave your job or anything like that. So with con- for context, I up till last year, I had a Malaysian passport because just because my parents are Malaysian and I was born in... Even though I was born in Singapore and raised in Singapore, they decided to give me a Malaysian passport instead of a Singaporean one when I was born so I think my mom at some point realized oh if Faye leaves the country um and then her permanent residence that she's got will expire if she doesn't come back to work in the country enough so yeah so she was like Faye you really should change and get a Singaporean passport before and then you can do whatever you want with your life and and I knew I think I looked it up Either I knew it at that point or I looked it up, but the process for doing that is so long. It take I think it took me a year and a half to get so here, yeah, like of of just going. And you've lived there your whole life, obviously not now. You're in Wales, but up until that point, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when I first heard her say that to me, uh, I was so resistant. I was like. I don't know, in my brain, I was so ready to go. And then she tells me this this thing. And I think part of the reason why it was so difficult to hear and that I rejected it for a while was because I knew it was true. Like, she was so right about the fact that I shouldn't come here and then have my permanent residence expire and then not have, like, somewhere I call home aside from the UK. Because I have no, like, interest in living or working in Malaysia whatsoever. Yeah, so... No one tell so that me was Asia. really their, their feelings will be super bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> we have lost Faye to Singapore and the UK. Do you think do you think your kind of resistance was that you were you were just impatient to kind of get here? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it was also me going, It's fine, I can come here and, and get a British passport and yeah. and then I won't need any of that. Can but, you can you have two passports? No, so if you're Singaporean, I think for both Singapore and Malaysia, you can't. Oh. In fact, there's only a few countries, like Australia is one of them, um, Canada maybe, um, UK, yeah. yeah. But for a lot of countries, you can't hold two passports. And I think that's a rubbish rule, especially with so much immigration. Like, so many people have, like, mm. you know, 
either like mixed heritage or partners who are from different places yeah. and it's just it makes yeah. living and moving so difficult mm-hmm. like I mean that's the point is it not oh, it's rubbish though Trying it's absolutely do. rubbish do you feel any affinity to that Malaysian passport <laughs> no <laughs> I was so happy when I was like yeah I, I, it's funny because I was for like a year or more I was doing it just to finish the procedure but when I did do it and I had the passport I was quite happy I was like oh yay I have this book that like I should have had from the beginning or you know I've been a Singaporean my whole life even if not on paper so it was quite a monumental moment for me even though I wasn't intending for it to be anything uh, spectacular for myself yeah completely Mm. um do you know what I feel like I've seen a podcast advertised about a Singaporean woman. I've seen a um, oh, like a feature about it. I think oh. it's about a Singaporean woman deciding whether or not to ditch a Singaporean passport for a UK one because you can't have two. Mm. Um, Interesting. I look I, at, yeah. Yeah. Can you can you send that to me? Yeah. Send not it that to I'm, you. I'm. Yeah, I've been also questioning like, oh, because. I've got a British partner. Do I want to keep my Singaporean passport or do I want to switch? And right now I'm thinking I don't want to switch because obviously the UK government is not very attractive right now. really? (laughs) And Singapore's got a lot of great points as well. Um, And also, like, I would feel so, like, hesitant to give up a passport that gives me access to a place I grew up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I never know what's going to happen. I... I'm very open to moving back to Singapore or not. It's yeah. It's just nice to have two options instead of having just one. Yeah. Completely. Especially now that we're engaged and we can do like spouse visas in the future. You're engaged. <laughs> uh huh. Congratulations. Is that what people say? I don't know. Yes. Yay you. I feel like I I just saw the internal struggle between like people don't have to get married. Um, you know, you the don't patriarchy. Need, yeah, uh, patriarchy. But, but that's also really cool. like, I'm so yay. happy for you. I was having a whole dilemma going on here. My, my internal my fascia was having a time. Uh-huh. Have you started planning? Ish. There's we're like we've got a small budget sheet up and then we've got like okay, this is maybe the guest list but there's nothing else we can do until we see the pandemic situation go down yeah Yeah, when did you get engaged it was like two months ago or something like that so recent yeah i'm gonna be such a girl can i see your ring (laughs) yeah it's literally right here Oh Yay. my god. What you can see it off it on oh, Zoom. Wow. It's pretty guys. It's got like three like square I got don't know how to describe diamonds. It's got like three square diamonds. Me and a gold band. I think it's gold. Oh like uh, yes, yeah, some oh. sort of white oh, white so goldy. Nice. Wow. It's so pretty thing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna be so cringe. Um I've got visions of the um of <laughs> so in Singapore they've got like national day songs. Yeah, so yeah, every single year, yeah, every year, like a new oh. National Day song gets written, um, and they're really corny. But I um, every day fucking... a new National Day song. Gets uh, so every year a new National Day song. Sorry, <laughs> um, okay. they're fucking cor- corny, but um, I love them. My favorite is Home, which um, Katsy is going to perform for us right up. now. No, <laughs> I will link you. She knows seven. all the lyrics I do by know heart. All the lyrics. Oh, I have been told. I've been told about the stories where like Katsy stood at the front of the schoolyard. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> blasting Whole... out the Singaporean national anthem like at the at the the start of your school day. Okay, I no, I never stood at the front for that. That was um the music students. Um, oh, yeah, and but on you special occasions they brought to. out the full band. Um, that's true. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, um, like getting that Singaporean passport. What do you think it means to be Singaporean? I think it just means feeling like it's your home. So in in a word sense, like the word Singaporean, just feeling like it's your home more than any other place. Yeah. Is there any? Because you can have multiple homes, definitely, in your life. Is there any um things that you really miss? Uh yeah, like. I have things I love and hate about Singapore, but the things I love and miss are the, like, is the ability to hang out at night around places wearing shorts and just walking and, like, the safety of being out, the places that you can eat at 3am wherever you go, like, so the, the nightlife is, it's really... You can do whatever you want at night and there'll be a, a grab, which is like the Uber of Singapore, a grab that you can get really quickly to go anywhere and do anything. So it feels like a city that really never sleeps and I miss that. Yeah, fuck New York. Singapore's I, where, it's yeah. like, where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> it I hate the weather, actually. In Singapore? Yeah, I hate the weather. <laughs> I hate the weather. I like here. it at night, but I hate the weather there because... It's just too hot for me, and it's so hot that people don't go outside. But I like life when people go outside, so I like summers here for that reason, because everyone's outside and having a good time. Yeah, no, I agree. I, um, I just, I mean, bit quick detour. How's it being back at work? Like being back in the company, is it weird? It's oh, it's been so nice to dance in a studio at last. But we've had all these regulations of, well, we had our first like so-called phase where each person had their own box to dance in so in a huge studio we would only have two rectangles for two households so either like a dancer and a dancer or a dancer and a couple who are in the company together Um, but now and then they upgraded it to like crosses on the on the floor so we could have six people in the space not just two households um and then we also had to put on masks. So there are all these like regulations. Um, but that how being is said, that it's just dancing in masks. Like, how do you breathe? Not great. Because at first we <laughs> we had well. our own we had our own masks. So I would I was using this cloth one that my mom had made and sent over from Singapore. But like when I would breathe heavily, I would inhale my mask and start to, like, eat my mask on accident. So so our company bought these, like, you know, the KN95, like, the surgical... Oh, the, the ones that stick out a bit more. The beaky ones. Like beaks. Yeah, exactly. So those are so much better to dance with, but it's still, like, your airflow is obviously quite restricted. So I don't have a very... Like, I don't have uh, respiratory problems, but I don't have the biggest lung capacity. Like, I hate going on long runs and things like that. So, if I get out of breath, the mask was just really annoying. Um, and people with, you know, asthma and stuff like that, I, th- I think it's just not possible for them to dance in masks. 
So not ideal. The next season for your company is just going to be no cardio, like all just like small gestures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like chair dancing. Like roll, it could very well be that. Lots of rolling. Well, in our in this in the season that we are working on, there's a piece which is chairs and tables, and we're set on chairs, and we're, so you're not far off. They stole my idea. That's what it was. <laughs> you had it here first, folks. What you're the first person to think of doing a dance with chairs. Yes. <laughs> I did not study any of that in my whatever it was. Do you feel, so this is just total detail, do you feel like having like lived in the UK for so long, especially now like obviously Rich is from here, do you feel like you've like culturally like inhabiting a new space? Like in between? Totally. Yeah, it was a whole journey of like uh, coming here the first time to study was the biggest shock ever because you're... Um, I was, I guess, yeah, teenager, right? I was 16. So at that age where you're trying to figure out how you exist among other people, or at least I was, um, you know, how to focus on what I came here to do, which was to study while uh, meeting new people and immersing yourself in a whole new culture. That was quite a shock and a big, like, learning experience, Um of also identifying what uh, what I was culturally conditioned to do within my own family, within Singapore's culture, and seeing what worked and what didn't work, and what I agreed with and what I disagreed with on both sides. It was quite a lot, but I think I enjoyed the whole process of of learning about you know those preferences for myself. It's interesting though that you say that there were there were things that you were like it makes you question things and also that there are things that you like and things that you didn't like of both cultures because I obviously experienced the same thing but in reverse like coming mm-hmm. from a western culture to a Singaporean culture and like for yeah. example what I loved about the Singaporean culture was the discipline and the respect like especially being in a school environment I found it very conducive mm-hmm. to learning but then what I didn't like was the fact that that was taken to an extreme where respect becomes blind like following um and uh like censorship there's a I feel like there's a lot there was a lot of censorship like I don't were you um were you at school when we had like a sex talk I think so and the sex talk was basically abstain and they they showed a video about like it was this like far I remember it so clearly yeah yeah it was like this this. far-fetched scenario where a man oh my god it was a far-fetched scenario where a man basically got HIV because no a woman had gotten HIV because her partner had slept with a sex worker and even though he'd gotten a blood test to test for HIV two weeks later it didn't turn up on the on the result because it takes three months to show up so then he had sex with his partner and then she got HIV because he had contracted it and didn't know he contracted it because of the and I was like like yes I mean that could happen technically but like it's this like scaremongering like don't scaremonger kids into like not having sex because that's not gonna fucking work like no no teach them them. how to use condoms yeah well it's and it was like have a really yeah just have a, a thorough and good sex and relationship education that that yeah that covers all of the things and means that people can be having a safe and good time 
Well, that's a difficult conversation. Well, because basically, use a condom, I remember, was almost like the, it was like the last point and it was, it's almost like it was said just so quietly because it, it was A, B, C. <laughs> I remember it. So A, B, C. A, abstain. Oh, God. B, be faithful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and laughing, but like, be as if this happens. And C, no, it does. But it, I mean, yeah. I remember it. And I remember turning around to uh, Mrs. Sarah and being like, what is this bullshit? And she was like, she like gave me like a knowing look, like I know it's rubbish. And C, he was like, um, you know, and if you must, you must um, uh, have sex under any circumstance, use a condom. And that was it. That was the condom chat. I was shocked because obviously, yeah, anyway. So things like, thank God for Google. And um, also, um, we need to plug your podcast. Can you oh, tell yes. the listeners about it, please? Oh, okay. Oh, of course. I didn't even think about that. But like, I think... It's just a person. It's more of a personal project that just happens to be public. I think that's why I'm not really shouting about it from the rooftops. But basically, I have conversations with people who about dance. But I I pick guests who are not professionals or in the profession like I am. So, um, I've had one with a friend in Berlin who. Doesn't I don't think he's ever been to a dance class in his life, but he probably dances the same amount as I do just because he goes clubbing every weekend. So we talked about like clubs in Berlin. We talked about how his life has been not being able to go to clubs for months and months and months and how that has affected his like social life and his feeling of well-being, stuff like that. Um, I'm editing one that um, is with an architect who's writing a PhD on the relationship between choreography and architecture and how she wants to persuade architects to be more in their body to create, uh, you know, architecture that is a lot more human and a lot more um, sensitive and embodied. So, yeah, so I think I'm trying to learn for myself, but at the same time, if people are interested, persuade them about the relevance of dance. Well, thank you so much, mate. Thank you so much. It's been great. This has been Open House with Mel Lowe and Clancy Ryan. Music by Glenn Clark. We have a drinking game for you all to play along to this podcast episode because we've just had to re-edit the whole thing, as we said before. And uh, <laughs> Clancy likes to say, what is it that you like to say, hon? So after a guest says something enlightening, I say... No, after a guest says anything... Anything, I say... <laughs> Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. And we've already cut out about five yeah, completely. So every time I say yeah, completely, take a shot or, or a sip. I mean, they'll get so fucking drunk. Yeah.